What's up, ROLU? It's excited to be um, recording this. Uh, we had youth last night on Wednesday, January 11th, and um, didn't get a recording of the service, so I wanted to make a point to get a recording for anybody who misses out on you know, the first series of the new year, um, first message of the series of the new year. So we're going to be publishing this, and hopefully when it finds you, uh, finds you well, finds you excited and ready to pursue Jesus. But hey, this new series is going to be good. We're talking all about relationships. We're talking about relationships, um, starting with friends. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, also talking about relationships with parents, talking about dating, sex. And the final message in the series is going to be in February. It's going to be uh, why or what to do um, when you mess up, when you make a mistake in a relationship, Um, and how to reconcile that, how to live in forgiveness, and um, how to accept God's forgiveness over your life as well. So as we dive in, let me just say a quick prayer, and then we'll get jumping into today's content. Uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to use technology like this and to just communicate uh, my voice to those that are listening Uh, We pray that your Holy Spirit would anoint my words, that we'd be able to uh, just connect over this stuff, connect over friendship, and connect over what you want to do. Amen. All right, so starting off, I just want to let you guys know that 2023 is going to be ROLU's year of intentionality. Um, We are looking for ways to be intentional in relationship, um, intentional with our programming, intentional with our words, our thoughts, our actions. We want to start this year off right, and we're going to start it off by being intentional with each other. I don't do words for the year. It's not my thing, guys. But um, as I'm studying for this message, when I was thinking about 2023, what does God want to do with our youth church? This is what he wants to do. He wants us to be intentional with each other and to have intentional relationships with our friends, with our peers, with our parents. Um, If we're dating, we want to be intentional. So, Diving into this message, guys, if you look throughout all of Scripture, there is one. Um, there's there's lots of passages on friendship. There's lots of passages on best friends, good friends, examples of how to treat other people. The whole book is really about it. But there's not really um, very many, like, simple, plain instructions um, outside of, like, it's good to find a friend. It's good to have a friend. It's good to be a friend. Um, there is one relationship in the Old Testament. As I've been reading through the Old Testament to start off the year, I, I try to read through the Bible. Um, the whole Bible at the beginning of each year takes a different amount of time, depending on how fast you want to go. But this year, I'm really trying to cruise through it. I'm trying to read the whole Bible in 30 days. It looks like about 40 chapters every day. Um, if you fall behind, that's really bad because then you have to do like more than 40. But Hey, it's actually been a really good challenge. I'm listening to it, I'm reading it, I'm watching it, and instead I'm cutting out things that I don't need, like Netflix, um, podcasts that maybe weren't honoring and glorifying God in every way, Uh, you know, listening to music. Instead, I'm just listening to Scripture. I'm just really jumping in, and it's been really good. So anyways, as I'm reading through this, I come across the story of David and Jonathan. Now, Jonathan is um, the son of King Saul. King Saul was a king of Judah and Israel um, before David. King David, you might not recognize right off the bat, but David's the guy that slung a stone at Goliath. It's David kills Goliath, David versus Goliath, right? Many people know that story even outside of the church because 
we use it as an analogy all the time. It's the little guy versus the big guy, right? The giant. Um, long after David actually kills Goliath, right? So um, he is anointed to become king. And uh, because of that, King Saul wants nothing to do with this guy. But the crazy part about this story is instead of just running away from King Saul, he he builds a relationship with his son. He has this friendship. Um, and, and it's God's like gift to David because Jonathan loves him so much that he loves Jonathan loves God, loves David so much that he doesn't care that he won't be able to be king. He loves David so much that the Bible says um, that David and Jonathan's love for each other was greater than a man and a wife. So their souls are just intertwined in this connection and this this desire for the well-being of each other. Um, so much so that King Saul actually goes out trying to kill David because he wants the throne for Jonathan as his son. And Jonathan helps David escape from all of the crap that uh, King Saul tries to chase after him. He alerts him ahead of time. He um, lets him know what's going on. He tries to share with him different details of the plan so that David doesn't get captured. It's an amazing story, uh, an amazing friendship, really. I mean, the story's cool because David escapes the attacker, but um, beyond that, the friendship is just amazing um, because Jonathan is living in such a place of humility and honor towards his friend and honor towards God and the wishes that God had for David to be king instead of him that he doesn't um, dishonor that friendship and he doesn't disown it. Jonathan could have killed David so many times and just taken the throne, but instead he chose to love God first, he chose to love that relationship, that friendship first. And it's an incredible, um, it's just an incredible example of a friendship. We all would love a friendship like that, I'm sure. Um, but speaking of friendships, something that I, uh, came across, not necessarily in the study, but over the past year or so, is this idea that people are in your lives for three, there's like three types of people and they're in your lives for three different amounts of time, right? There's the people that are in your life for a reason and a season and a lifetime. So you have the people that are in your life for a reason. It could be a teacher, um, could be someone to bear some news to you, like a doctor or could be a police officer to catch you when you're doing something wrong. Those people are in your life for a reason. Now, people that are in your life for a season, those are friends. Those are people like, um, I don't know, maybe me, for example. If you're a youth student or even a parent, um, I'm in your life for a season. I'm probably not going to be in your life forever, but I'm here while you're here um, to share with you the things that God has for us in this season, to share with you the different ways that he's calling us to grow. Now, then there's people that are in your, your, uh, in your life for a lifetime. They're, they're around forever. These people are pretty easy. Um, there's an obvious answer, which is your mom or dad, your parent, right? Your siblings, maybe. Um, there can be a spouse, maybe someday. Uh, you know, and then, then there's obviously like that, that person maybe, or a couple people who you've connected really well with in high school. Maybe you'll connect with them in college. Maybe you'll find them afterwards. And these are the kind of people that you just like never stop connecting with. Like you've shared things with them. You've connected over God. You've connected over maybe, um, 
being in the same season of life, going through some of the same things, having the same challenges, whatever it is, right? Those people are going to be in your life for a lifetime. Now, this is incredibly rare, finding someone like that. I'm not very old, so uh, I can't say that there are less than two or three of these people in the world for me because I haven't I haven't met more than one. Both my wife, Jessica, and myself, have we've met one person um, separate people. So she's got a person. I got a person, right? Um, and... Um, we're both confident that these people are are going to be in our lives for what seems like forever right now. Um, we connect over God. We connect over family and relationships um, outside of, of our own. And uh, they challenge us to be better. We challenge them to be better. It's it's a really rare but amazing and, blessing th- and blessed thing. So what I'm trying to – the reason why I'm telling you this is because I think that it's so easy to be hurt when someone steps out of your life. Or when someone's in your life for a short time and then all of a sudden they're gone. And you're just kind of like, wait, what happened? I thought we were so tight. Well, you might have been. And it might have been a really good season. But but God has someone new for you to challenge you in new ways. Or someone new for you to challenge in new ways. So kind of breaking it down and being able to look at relationships with this mindset of like people are in my life for a reason. They're in my life for a season. Or they're in my life forever. And how can you be intentional with those relationships with that in mind? For example, your parents, you need to be intentional with that relationship. You need to honor and respect them, uh, but you also need to be willing to be their friend and they need to be willing to be yours because you, um, you're going to be around them forever. They're going to always be there. Um, if maybe your parents aren't even around right now and, and that's a huge challenge for you in and of itself. You're like, well, I thought they'd be there for a lifetime, but they aren't anymore. You know what? God has something um, special for you in relationship with himself in that season um, and in your life then. And, you know, he's going to raise up people around you to to kind of be there and be a guide for you when, when you're going through stuff like that. But I just really want you to be able to uh, be able to see things like that because it's important that you fully understand um that you don't have to be hurt when people step out of your life. You don't have to, you don't have to be scared that people are going to step out of your life. You can just be um, intentional with what you have and trust that God is going to provide you with relationship and meaningful relationship. All right, so let's keep going. Um, so how can we honor God with our friendships, with our relationships? Um, if you have a Bible on you, maybe your phone. Turn uh, to Colossians 3 with me. We're going to be um, picking apart Colossians a little bit throughout this series, but today we're talking about um, friendship, obviously, and we want to talk um, right in Colossians 3, verse 12. We'll be right going through 14, so a little paragraph here. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Now, the one thing um, that we want to point out in this passage is is right in verse 12, where it says, um, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and of course, put on love. That's what honor looks like. It looks like responding to situations out of compassion, 
out of kindness, out of humility, out of gentleness and patience, but all with love, all while carrying love with you. When we went back a couple weeks, um, we did a message on the culture of honor that we want to have at youth, the culture of honor that you want to carry with you in relationship and in um, friendship and, you know, like in your everyday lives. And that starts by by being loved to the people around you. But more than that, it's being intentional. It's being intentional with the way that you talk to people. It's being intentional with the way that you act around others. It's responding in, in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, right? So um, that's kind of our, our foreground here as we dive in a little bit deeper to Scripture. We're going to take an awesome example um, of Jesus being a good friend to someone that he was very close with. This is um, the relationship of Jesus and Simon Peter. Um, later known as just Peter, but Jesus actually renamed Simon Peter um, when he met him. So Simon was uh, a fisherman. He was a chill guy, you know, he had a boat, cast his nets, tried to catch fish. When Jesus found him, he had been fishing all night with a couple other disciples. Um, or they weren't disciples then, but they would be called to be disciples as well, right? So he's fishing all night long. They don't catch a thing. I mean, how annoying. We think of it in today's perspective. You go out on your boat, you're fishing all day, nothing. But then some guy on the shore calls out to you. And in Simon's case, it was Jesus. He says, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Pretty simple, right? I would say like, no, dude, you come try to cast your net on the other side of the boat. It's not going to work any good. I've been fishing all night, right? What's the difference between this side and that side? But he says, cast your net on that side of the boat. So Simon listens and he's like, I mean, guess whatever. We've been out here long enough already. All of a sudden, they start to feel a weight on their nets. And they're like, shoot. So they start to pull on it. Their nets are overflowing to the point of breaking. They fill up the entire boat in one cast net they're like who is this guy who is this guy and jesus says come with me i'll make you fishers of men and at that point he renamed simon he said simon you're going to be peter now we're like okay make sure whatever but here's how jesus was thinking in that moment simon in hebrew means wavering one or someone who um, can't make up their mind someone who goes from one side to the other Simon has an experience like that that we're going to look at in just a minute. Uh, he renames him from Simon to Peter. Peter is, it means the rock. And Jesus said, you will be Peter and I, on you I will build my church. You will be the rock of my church. You will be the cornerstone. You will be consistent. You will be steadfast. You won't waver. So he basically takes the name Simon and spins it to the opposite. So if you if if one place is a rock that cannot be moved, then the opposite is what Peter was prior to that. Now Jesus calls Simon and reminds him of who he wants him to be. Jesus wants Simon Peter to be that rock. Um, and in one instance, in Matthew twenty six, um, Simon kind of lets Jesus down. Simon Peter, right? So Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying. He's uh, asking God to 
you know, deliver him from the circumstances that he's facing. The circumstance is um, obviously his death that he's facing, right? So in verse 36, Jesus went, uh, Matthew 26, verse 36, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, so Peter and two other disciples, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So he's saying, dude, I'm not doing good. I need to pray. I need to be in communion with my father. But but don't 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 go anywhere. Just stay right here, right? Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. This is Jesus praying to his father over the circumstances that he's facing. He returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And when he went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Still this, just, just heavy, heavy on Jesus' heart that he doesn't want to experience what's in front of him. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of his betrayer. So, it's, I mean, it's its right here. Like, Jesus is like, hey, guys, it's not that hard. Just, like, stay up with me. Pray with me. Like, this is serious stuff I'm going through. And, I mean, this is a great example of what... Uh, what you might be looking for in a good friend. I mean, this is a great example of what I'm looking for in a good friend. I'm going through some serious crap. Um, this is all for the story, right? Going through some stuff. Maybe I lost a family member, maybe a pet. Maybe you're just having a hard time with the circumstances around me. I call out for help. I need help. I need Jesus. I need, I need you to pray with me. But, you know, I'm in bed. You're in bed. It's midnight. So just just stay up and pray with me. I'll, I'll text you in an hour. I just need to be alone and be with Jesus. But but stay up and pray with me. Just just good to know that someone else is praying with me, right? An hour goes by. I shoot you a text. You don't don't respond right away. So I'm like, oh, what the heck? Shoot you another text, and you wake up to your phone. You go, crap, crap, crap. Sorry, I, f- I fell asleep just for a minute, but I've been praying with you. It's like, yeah, I mean that's okay. Can you try to stay awake a little longer? A couple hours go by. I text you again. You wake up to the sound of your phone. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep again. Third third time, 6 a.m. rolls around. It's like, I couldn't sleep all night. I've been praying and praying, and God's just just encouraging me. But it's just not easy, the stuff I'm going through. And, and you text me back, oh, I'm so sorry. I slept most of the night. I, I really didn't get to pray, but I will today. You know, that's okay. We come up short. I mean, Peter, he was tired. It's okay to be tired, but how can we be a better friend, you know? It's not that hard. Sometimes we're just... We just need to be um, who we've been called to be. Jesus continues to call him Peter throughout this passage. And we notice a, a difference because later on um, in the message here, we'll, we'll talk about um, a time when Jesus calls him Simon and Peter at the same time. But uh, in this instance, he, he keeps calling him Peter. He's like, Peter, you are my rock. You're my rock. Don't fail me, Peter. Stay steadfast. Stay awake. Be with me. A good friend reminds us of who we are or who we want to become. We look at John 21, verse 15. Peter had just denied Jesus several several times. 
and in denying him, he, he I mean, he just wasn't there, right? He, he didn't believe him. He was like, yeah, I, I knew Jesus, but I don't, I don't really know who he is. I wasn't a follower. He, he had basically denounced Jesus three different times, actually, um, before Jesus was actually killed. But Jesus is back alive, and he first appears to Mary Magdalene, and then he appears to some disciples, and Thomas actually puts his hands into the holes, puts his fingers into the holes of Jesus' hands and touches his side where he was pierced. Peter actually continues to doubt and is like, no, dude, I, I don't know. I don't know if you actually saw Jesus, but Jesus, Simon Peter, he's out fishing, and Jesus was like, hey, I'm on the shore. He says to cast his nets on the other side of the boat. Same story as before. Um, not at the same time, but same same thing happened. They go, okay, shoot, we'll do it. And then they catch a bunch of fish. And, and Simon Peter, it just clicks for him. He goes, holy cow, this is Jesus. And Jesus on the shore says, it's, it's me. Simon Peter, he just jumps into the water, swims all the way to the shore. They have some a meal together. The, the other disciples that were out fishing as well, they paddled the shore. And Simon Peter has a moment with Jesus, but... Later, after the meal, Simon and Peter and Jesus are talking and says, in verse 15, they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter. So right now he's calling him both of his names. It's just really important to point out. Um, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt at this point because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Follow me. It wasn't until that very last time that it clicked for Simon Peter. Jesus was reminding him of who he was, Simon, the wavering one, that, that that wasn't who he was supposed to be anymore, that he was supposed to step up and be the rock of Jesus' church. He was to be the one that would feed the sheep. Sometimes we need to be that friend who, who knows where someone else has been, but who's willing to encourage them to step into their full potential. One more story really quick here. Matthew verse 14 or chapter 14 verse 28. Jesus is uh, not with the disciples. They're out on uh, the Sea of Galilee traveling from one town to another. And all of a sudden they see off into a distance this man. He's walking on the water. They said it's a ghost. Verse 27, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus says, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, Why did you doubt? When they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The two things to point out in this story that are really cool is, one, they're in a, they're in a windy, wavy waters, right? 
I mean, the second thing that's off topic, but really cool is that Jesus is walking on water, right? And that Peter got to do it too. How crazy is that? But as soon as Peter takes his eyes off Jesus and focuses on the storm and the challenge and the trial around him, he starts to sink. He cries out, save me, save me, help me. Jesus reaches out and, and helps him back into the boat. A good friend, like Jesus is to Peter in this situation, doesn't condemn them, but encourages them. Why did you doubt? You knew you knew where you were fine. Why did you doubt? A good friend, when someone starts to drown or make a mistake, doesn't stop at that. They call them up. They call them out. They call them to a higher standard. They don't let their friend fall down, just like Jesus didn't let Peter sink and drown. Jesus helped his friends when they were falling. And he was always forgiving of his friends. You know, Jesus was betrayed by um, Judas that led the Roman soldiers to take him to be crucified. And this was all part of God's plan. So it's not, you know, this is kind of old news. Jesus would have been willing to forgive Judas, but he was overcome with his own grief and never asked for forgiveness, as the Bible says. says. But Peter, he, he denied Jesus three times, which is basically the same as what Judas did, right? He basically said, no, dude, I don't know that guy. He's, he's no one to me. When Jesus was in one of his greatest times of need, especially needing a friend, as he's facing crucifixion, as he's facing um, being beaten, spit on, accused of things that he never did. Peter denies him three times, but Jesus forgives him and still builds his church on Peter. There's going to be people in your lives that don't show up when you need them most. That don't come through for you when you expect them or need them to. Does that mean they're never going to come through for you? Not at all. Not necessarily anyways, right? But what it does mean is that you have to be willing to forgive people when they can acknowledge that they're wrong and, and step into that. And even, even not in those situations, you just have to be willing to forgive people. Jesus said that we are to forgive people 70 times 7 times. That's 490 times. And you might think, oh, once I get to 490, I'm good. No, Jesus said 7 times 70 times each day. You, nobody could wrong you that much. How could someone wrong you 490 times a day? The idea is this. We are a people of forgiveness, a people of humility, a people of intentionality. You are either in someone's life to make them more like Jesus or to pull them away from Jesus. And what is it going to be? On the flip side, there's people in your life that are there to make you more like Jesus or to pull you away from Jesus. And you have to identify what relationships are healthy for you and how you can be more healthy towards other people. Arwell Youth needs to be a place that anyone can come and feel loved and welcomed. We want to set a standard of intentionality, not just with our leaders, our student leaders, um, the staff that work with us on Wednesday nights. We want to set it as a place of intentionality for every student. So if you've been coming to ROA Youth for any time, more than six months, it's your turn to take up the mantle and be intentional with someone who comes in those doors. It's never been there before. It's your turn to invite someone to youth. 
It's your turn to love on people really well. We're all going to be in this together. We're all going to keep pushing, keep trying, keep being intentional. Because when we do that, um, we can experience growth and opportunity. We can experience the Holy Spirit. We can experience love for each other that we wouldn't otherwise. It's not necessarily easy to love people the way that Jesus did. And gosh, it's not easy at all to be forgiving seven times, 70 times. But the person that you become by loving and being intentional with those around you is is incredible. Think of the place that we could build together, even just for those that are with us now. Like, let's say we don't invite anybody else to youth. It's just our group for the rest of the year, right? Everyone comes every week, but we're all intentional with each other. We're all forgiving of one another. We all seek to have relationship and community because we all want the same thing. We all want to know Jesus better. We all want to be with him, to become like him, and to do the things that he did. Guys, let's go on this journey of intentional relationships together. Because we can. Because by being intentional with those around us, we can really make a difference and make an impact. Thanks for listening today to the podcast. Thanks for um, sticking with me. I appreciate those of you who weren't able to be in service but still listen back to these. Um, We're going to be back next week talking about parents. How do we honor our parents? How do we live in a culture of honor towards our parents? What does that look like? It's going to be good, guys. We'll see you Wednesday, 6 o'clock, pre-service prayer, 6.30, cafe, check-in. Let's see you. Peace out, guys.